Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Toto Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, president of Westminster Effects. You can buy stuff for your guitar at westminstereffects.com. You can join the discussion in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. I know that's a lot of syllables. I'm, a, uh, I'm very sorry. Uh, you can support the show at anchor.fm. Even a dollar a month helps. Make sure you share this stuff on Facebook, Instagram, Make sure you subscribe and comment. Make sure you give us a five-star review on iTunes, even if you don't mean it. Even if you don't mean it. Uh, Lutheran John does not join us today. He, his work schedule is just bonkers right now. But, and I'm clipping, I apologize. And it's all John's fault because he's not here. Uh, but I am joined in person by... Hey, it's Bradley Cox, pastor at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. I'm feeling rather analog this morning. Yes, holding the SM58. I'm holding an SM58. Uh, because our guest brought that microphone into the room, even though he had a perfectly suitable condenser mic. Uh, but he stole your mic, and we have one Stephen Turner, uh, worship minister here at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. What's up, Stephen? G- glad to have you back. Return guest. Yeah, I'm a return guest. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm actually going by lead psalmist now. Lead psalmist. <laughs> which is we com- got to get that changed on the website. Which is completely appropriate uh, because of our announcement today. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> you didn't even mean to do that. No, did I didn't mean to do that at all. I, I, once knew, I once knew a worship guy that had the title minstrel. Minstrel. My guy. You don't want to mispronounce that one. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's right. I don't get it. <laughs> oh, so uh, so did he refer to the click track as my doll or something like no, that? No, he took it further. Left it right. But uh, to make the announcement, this is the official unveiling of Westminster worship. We've been trying to get this off the ground. Bradley, how long have I been trying to make something along these lines happen? It's like three years or something. Something like that. And then we finally hired this guy, and he's like, oh, yeah, I like to write songs just all the time, just on a whim, and I like to put scripture to song, to music. And oh, oh. Oh, this does fit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So, so this is this has been a long, long time coming. Uh, so we have once this drops, we'll have at least the lyric video for Psalm one thirty up, mm-hmm. uh, which Stephen you put to music, and then we had uh, one Matt Forrester, Westminster Effects artist in Spartanburg. Uh, contribute with some more stuff and then my dad actually laid down a bass track last night um and when he got done he's like yeah that was all of the tricks that i know so the next time i lay something down i'm gonna actually have to write something <laughs> like, oh, okay whatever uh but yeah really excited to be putting out uh worship music we are we're now the only pedal line in the world <laughs> the only guitar pedal line in the world putting out church music so uh how are we thinking about this kind of thing? I know, Stephen, you just write stuff all the time. Uh, Bradley is contributing devotionals for songs and stuff like that. And I don't even know where to go at this point. Uh, let's start with the pastor. <laughs> and you're going to have to hold your mic up, remember? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm not used to analog. Yeah, I know. Back to it. <laughs> So, so what are we doing? We're, we're putting out worship music. You're helping with the devotional stuff. What's your uh, approach? Let's, let's go there. What's your approach with, with worship music in general and these devotionals that you're writing? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if this is the, necessarily the answer to the question you just asked. It might be, but you know, my thoughts about all this you know, really stem from the last podcast we did where we talked about... Yeah. You know, Christian art and how, how might a local church make more room, uh, encourage and nurture um, creative, exp- uh, worshipful expression uh, among its, its, its people. Um, and I think this is one way uh, 
to at least it's at least it's a starting line for yeah. it is that you know here our our lead worshiper mm-hmm. uh the person who leads us in worship and song and uh is is writing music and not just writing songs that we would want to use congregationally on a sunday morning but he you know he and you can talk about this stephen but he's also been taking many psalms and putting music to them for the purpose of scripture memorization yeah uh we call them scripture songs here at res and those go out electronically during the week and Mm -hmm. and they're they're not necessarily songs that they some of them might be but that that's not your primary goal is for to write congregational music for that it's just yeah it's a way for people to sing because music music's a great memorization tool mm-hmm. and memorizing scripture is a wonderful thing. Um, and so I think this is, this moves the needle. This kind of thing can move the needle in a local church from being maybe too performance focused. And we've had many episodes on this topic where we want to, we want to laud and celebrate excellence. We want to laud and celebrate preparation and rehearsal and trying to do things well so that uh, we can we we can you know be as effective as we can be. Um, but moving the needle away from being so performance focused to being you know a family, a church, a gathering of believers that worship and creatively express affection and love and and creatively proclaim the truth of scripture through song and i think this is this is what's got to happen and i think from a westminster standpoint i mean it's a it's a it's a great way for you to mm-hmm. partner with a local church in yeah. doing that and so i think those are the those are the goals and i don't know that we even have all of the targets fully defined but we're mm-hmm. just it's one of those things where you got to yeah. take a step and then see where the Lord takes us. That's right. Yeah, exactly. We're we're getting this first song out there, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's a little bit of a scramble since uh, the Fight Laugh Feast conference is coming up this week, and I'm going to be doing that. Whoever wants to cancel me can cancel me for that. I got a story for you later, Bradley. I've already showed Stephen. It's pretty funny. Um, but uh, with this conference coming up, one of their big things is singing psalms. Right, I think that's something a lot of the American church has lost. Yeah, uh, the Psalms capture so many different emotions <laughs> in in the Christian life, uh, where many worship songs typically, and so broad brushing here, typically hit on the more positive aspects of the Christian life mm-hmm. where we've talked about it before. We, we just did that episode about imprecatory Psalms where sometimes David's like, Hey God, can you kill that guy? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but you've got even the, the very first verse of the song that we're putting out first, Psalm 130, out of the depths, I cried to you, O Lord, mm-hmm. right? O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas, for mercy, yeah. There's there's kind of a guttural, <laughs> like a guttural feeling to that, where any Christian can identify with that at some point in right. his or her life, right? right? Mm-hmm. And and so with fight, laugh, feast coming up, it was like, well, yes, let's do a psalm. They're huge on that. We're getting bigger on the psalms here at Res. Definitely. Yeah. We've done a bunch of different Shane and Shane renditions and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so so what draws you, Stephen, as a worship leader to the psalms? Oh, man. Lots. I, yeah, right. <laughs> I think one thing is, obviously, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us in, in the sense of, like, I mean, Jesus in his life on earth, he worshiped. He worshiped in spirit. He worshiped in truth. And the songs that he sang were the Psalms. Yeah. At New Moon festivals, at Passover, so many different things and so many different. I mean, in the synagogue, they sang. I mean, there were just, I mean, David hired people to sing. 24 7 in the tabernacle or in the in the temple and you know a lot of that were probably songs that he wrote a lot of psalms and and so they are 
they capture so much, so many different like lamentation, celebration, inviting creation to join in the song and worship, mm-hmm. and or joining in the song of creation of worship. And there's there's so many, gosh, there's so many things that um, I I want to write music, but I mean God's word it's infallible, it it's authoritative. And that means that those songs are authoritative. And so if I can sing songs and put songs that are already authoritative, then I, I mean, that takes a lot of pressure off of me as far as the, <laughs> yeah. as far as the content of the song. Cause yeah. it's like, okay, I'm just going to put this to music. And I think, you know, how does a young man stay pure by obeying your word? And that's, that's Psalm 119. And that's a huge part of my life. And, and with some of the struggle, especially when I was younger, um, with with lust and and all that, was when I took that verse seriously. How does a young man stay pure by according to your word? And then, like I lie in the dust, revive me by your word. And there, there's so many things that, like in those songs, like people were singing that. Yeah, it wasn't just a hey, I came across this in Bible study. It's like, hey, I, I went to the synagogue and I sang this, and and it's it's so it's such a good tool that I just I want our people to to be able to be in in, in the midst of everyday life, and for if you, O oh Lord, should mark iniquity, O oh Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in your word, I hope. I want that to to go through their mind. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, hey, Stephen wrote this song and it's been really helpful. It's this is God's word. And I think that's that's a huge part, I guess, of, of the pastoral side of being a worship minister is is just saying, I, I just want to get the word out there, like literally god's word out there in a way that um, people can remember it well and and music is just i mean our daughter is 21 months old and a lot of the things that she has memorized is because of music and that's just i mean we're not trying to be holier than thou but we don't have a tv we don't all right, John Piper. Right. But <laughs> like most of her vocabulary is coming from either scripture songs or worship songs and and that has been I mean, I don't I don't even know if we did it on purpose. We didn't sit down and go, we're not going to have a TV so our daughter can learn like scripture better. It it's just been an an outcome of that and that we I see that and I'm like, man, I need that. And so a lot of writing scripture songs is even not just for a congregation to memorize, but for me to memorize. And that makes me a better leader on Sunday because, you know, God's word it flows out of that and worship drives that. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to that. I mean, I, I think it's time for us. When I say us, I mean the church believers, people that are really you know, devoted and committed to the local church and worshiping in the local church setting to, to, to rethink what, what are we doing with the musical portion of our services? Yeah. What are we teaching people and how are we discipling people with regard to how music is an important part of the Christian life? Um, I think in the last, in my lifetime, at least uh, the last 20 some years, we we've seen a, a shift away from you know originally hymns were written not just to have entertaining music but to reinforce and rehearse sound doctrine and scripture mm-hmm. uh, that was what Martin Luther was doing when he yeah. wrote songs is that this is a way to empower the congregation to with a, a togetherness mm-hmm. rehearse truth and memorize truth and and meditate on the truths of scripture and i think in the last 20 years not entirely i don't want to sound too negative here but in some ways it's been more about how can we write christian music worship music with good hooks that's yep. going to entertain and 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 be easily marketable and 
uh, accessible to churches of all sizes with musicians of all different skill levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's been a, a lot of how do we reproduce this yeah. in, in different settings. Um, and I feel like when, since Stevens come here, we've we've started to feel this shift in focus away from that to more yeah. of music's a tool. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a tool that God has given us. Now let's use it well and let's use it in such a way that it's 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 going to play the the vital role that it should play in the overall discipleship effort mm-hmm. of the church as a whole. And I think it's time to have those conversations in every church. It, yeah. I, what, what are we doing and and yeah. why are we doing it? And and I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater in terms of and we've again we've had episode after episode about this the lights and if you use smoke machines and mm-hmm. you know the using ableton and multi-tracks and you know all these things that could be i'm not saying they're wicked yep i'm not saying don't use them i'm just saying let's evaluate what are we doing are we are we trying to just put together a product um is that our focus and and it be it be well refined and and um digestible i'm not saying the lord hasn't used that right certainly the lord has used that it really reminds me of uh this story that uh a guy named aaron gillespie he's the drummer for a band called under oath but he also did a solo worship album uh and has since renounced his faith and all that kind of stuff which is neither here nor there but uh, he did an interview uh, after that worship album came out, and he was talking about all of the pushback he got from the label. No, this is too complicated. No, this is too in-depth. You need to think about Becky. <laughs> Becky is the soccer mom in a minivan with three kids. <laughs> What's going to make Becky's day when she hears one of your songs? And it was, it was basically dumb it down as much as possible. <laughs> Don't really be concerned with making it good just make it easily digestible and that was about it <laughs> it, it really wasn't even about the theological depth or the truth or whatever it was just make a song that becky's gonna like yeah and uh, and you know here's the thing there there have been songs and choruses written that are just fluff yeah and and still become very popular but then you could take something like the doxology. The doxology mm-hmm. is very simple. Yeah. Yep. It's such a catchy tune. You get mm-hmm. it in your head, you can't get it out, right? Yeah. It's got all the elements of a very simple song with a hook, but yet it is such a an amazing, deep, rich song of gratitude and thanksgiving um, that lines up with Scripture. And yeah. so I don't think we have to be super complicated. That's not the goal. The, the moving the pendulum or moving the needle away from performance to more of a discipleship. Um, music as a tool to rehearse truth and doctrine and scripture doesn't mean we have to get super complicated. Yeah, right. We can be deep. Like I one of I feel like one of my personal callings from the Lord, if if, if that's a, a right way to say it. Is I when I teach, I try to make deep as accessible as possible. That's one of mm-hmm. my goals. I I want to go. I want to dive as deep into a text as I possibly can, and then, with the Lord's help, with the Spirit's help, put those cookies and treasures on the lowest shelf possible so that they can everybody can yeah. grab the minivan mom. Yeah. who's got three kids playing soccer can go. Oh, I see that. Like yeah. I think that should be our goal all yeah. the time. Yeah, we can do our part. I mean, that's, we can't, I mean, for the soccer mom listening, I mean, ultimately, if if all she wants is uh, three verses of, um, like, pick me up, make me feel better, and then a chorus of, like, gives me the butterflies, then if that's all she wants, then she can find that anywhere. But I think a lot of it is, like, the Psalms, for example, like there, there are some Psalms that are just absolutely, I mean, you feel like you just want to go walk through a river. That's like this blissful, peaceful thing. Mm -hmm. 
And but then there are also some psalms that are just intense. I mean, we we read Psalm 11 as a band, and uh, on on Thursday, and we were just like, man, this is this is intense. This isn't fluffy at all. And and we we need this in our life because I think a lot of times we we want to or you know I'll take the we way. Sometimes I want to ignore the pain and the daily suffering by singing something that makes me feel better where in reality a lot of times the the psalms don't let me do that if i'm going to read a psalm yeah it's going to make me process uh hurt make me process uh, maybe even some unforgiveness in my heart in a way that's like okay oh but with you out of the depths i cry to you but with you there's forgiveness that you may be feared so th- this forgiveness thing is not about me. And so even Psalm 30, it's it totally changes the way I think. It, it confronts my hurt or my desire to just, um, you know, sing something that makes me feel better. And it goes, no, we're going to walk through this. We're going to, we're going to confront that and, and deal with it. And I think singing is, is a powerful way to do that. And, and that's, that's a, another big reason why I think we're going in that direction. And, and a lot of times, you know, we, we have been doing our call to worship mostly out of the Psalms. I've, I've done it in Hebrews a couple times in the last month, maybe, but it just seems like our people are, the more we do the Psalms and the more we do the Psalms with the band, there's more of a, okay, this isn't just, I'm, we're not just reading. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Like we're reading, we're reading things that call us to worship that are and pretty intense like you know we led tremble which is more of a mainstream song but in psalm 97 it talks about how the earth makes all how the lord makes all the earth tremble before him Mm -hmm. and it just when we can sing that and then read a psalm that agrees with that it just makes it that much more i mean it, it it does it causes us to fear because it's a true thing about him because the psalms back it up, and and through that you get legitimate comfort. Yeah, it's it's right. not just the I popped a Xanax. No offense to anybody who legitimately needs <laughs> needs that, <laughs> but it it's not just yeah. Give me my antidepressant song, mm-hmm. and I'll feel better for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It's lasting, abiding comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. <laughs> yeah, one of the things you and I've talked about, Stephen, is that there, there are. I think there are legitimate gaps in our worship, and by our, I mean the church, capital C, mm-hmm. in, at least in the Western world, at you know modern Western world. There's gaps in our worship. We 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 worship certain things about God, and and I think sometimes worship songs are lauding certain attributes of god or the kingdom or the gospel um in isolation and and we kind of harp yeah. on those things without really considering does our worship does our does our set list in planning center does it reflect the god and and everything about him that is revealed in scripture you know mary and i were on the front porch yesterday morning reading acts and we read the story about Ananias and Sapphira. <laughs> and it's Boy, just howdy. like, oh, it's like, here's in the New Testament, God going Old Testament. Right. 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 Like it, th- there's hypocrisy in the church in its infancy and two people drop dead. And we, what we started to talk about, she and I was, you know, we worship the God who Jesus in his in the days of his incarnation touches lepers mm-hmm. and ministers to the sinful prostitute that anointed his feet and you know pauses and listens to the woman with the issue of blood while Jairus is is dancing from one foot back to the other because his daughter's about to die and this woman's got a 12-year-old issue and she's telling him the whole story mm-hmm. uh, right <laughs> so we we've got this patient attentive compassionate jesus that is right and we should worship him in that we should know that about him and and laud it and savor it and but we also 
must worship the God that is to be trembled at in his mm-hmm. presence. Yeah. Where it's like he's not to be he's not to be trifled with. He is awesome and terrifying and compassionate mm-hmm. and comforting. Yeah. Yeah. He is the God that we run to his throne boldly to yeah. obtain mercy and find grace. But then when we're in his presence, we let his we'll let our words be few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there, there, there's it's a both and thing. And I think, you know, just we've had this conversation and a lot of it's come from just wrestling through the Psalms because yeah. you go from a Psalm that's as the deer pants for the water, so my soul thirsts for the my the living God, and then you go to what is man that you are mindful of him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've gotta you've gotta have both of that. Mm-hmm. You gotta have all of that. And I think we we need to not just look and and be sitting on the edge of our seat waiting on you know elevation hillsong and bethel to churn out another hit yeah we've got to be thinking about our churches and our people and are we are are, are we making much of the triune god yeah and what he's made known That's about right. himself in yeah. scripture yeah and and what you just talked about ultimately you know you, you announced that we're putting out songs you talk about divine simplicity <laughs> He's simple. He doesn't have parts. He's not one part love, a little bit of wrath here and there for people who really want to go to hell and, you know, a little bit of fear and a little it's no, it's all of those are connected. He is love. He is wrath. He is holy. He is compassionate, right? He is patient. It's all of those. And he's all of those a hundred percent of them. Yeah. And it's, it, it just gets to, you know, your theology proper informs how you worship. Uh, your theology proper informs how you live your life. If God is triune, if, if he's not modalistic, right, um, then that actually means something. Mm-hmm. When we praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that really does mean something different than what T.D. Jakes means when he's yeah. going all modalistic. Yeah. I think we would do well, you know... Uh, I'm not trying to pastor the people in the podcast lounge. Um, Come on, when pastor. I say this, but I, I would, I would admonish and encourage. I mean, because we have so many, so many people. This is what I love about this podcast is that we get to have a conversation. Not that Cody and I and John and Stephen are trying to act like experts on everything, but we get to have a conversation with people who really do care. Mm-hmm. about the local church and about yep. worship um and for us to maybe spend less energy on and again <laughs> I don't want to undercelebrate Westminster effects but on our guitar pedals and our our mm-hmm. our our tones and our 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 licks and our you know how we put things together and start to think about What's underneath all of that? What's mm-hmm. the ultimate thing we're after here? Right. It's it's to make much of God and right. to lead people to sing, um, because you know it, what's true is that you, you could take a hymn like a mighty fortress, um, and it's possible to sing that great hymn and and have these lyrics, re- you know, rolling around in your head and not think very deeply about them. I mean, um, you know. The spirit and the gifts are ours. Mm-hmm. What you gonna do with that? Like, what do you? What does that mean, <laughs> yeah. Cody? Yeah, right. What does that mean, John MacArthur? We, you, you, John MacArthur <laughs> probably sings that at, at Grace Fellowship. <laughs> the spirit and the gifts are ours, except no, they're not. You know, like, <laughs> I, what? Ergo, strange fire conference. So I, I, I mean, but but that's good. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not poo pooing on John MacArthur. I mean, you know. The thing I love about him is that at least he's willing to wrestle with text and and make arguments and 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 let's think deeply. Let's not be shallow. Um, yeah, that's my point with all of this. Is the the songwriting? It really does almost force us mm-hmm. to think more deeply. Yeah, it does about what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. and then the again with the songs being confrontational too. It just the more we hop into the Psalms and the more, you know, if you have a congregation that struggles to sing aloud, I mean, read the beginning of Psalm 96 every morning for a month, like, or 
every Sunday morning for a month. Sing a new song to the Lord. Like sing, proclaim his name among the nations. Like there's no there's no question of sing if you feel like it. It's if we're putting a song It is a, song, a command. Yeah, it's literally a command. Sing a new song to the Lord. And I think when when we emphasize that that's for real, like that's not a suggestion, that's a command, then our people start to go, oh, this is this is a command from God himself. Yeah. Sing. And I, if I think, you refuse, you are literally disobeying. Yeah, you are in disobedience. <laughs> yeah. And it's 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 so it's so interesting to to be confronted with that and and sing a new song. And that's not for musicians either. That's for that's for the flock. Sing a new song. What does that look like in our, in our individual life? And what does that look like as a congregation? Right. You know, and so psalms are so important in, in confronting them, confronting people, confronting families. So I think uh, this is a good spot. Instead of the Inquisition, talk about kind of the three emphases i guess you could say that that we're kind of pushing with this uh so we've been talking a lot about the first one but we'll harp on that a little bit more uh but we have one theologically rich not just not wrong (laughs) Mm -hmm. but rich in our in our understanding of what it's actually saying two we want them to be musically interesting uh it's enjoyable to play. Yeah. Uh, it, whether it's a, a big fun song or whether it's more subdued, there's going to be some kind of musical excellence there. And then three congregationally singable. We want the average dude to be able to keep up. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so a little more on theologically rich. Obviously, we've talked about the Psalms. Uh, and then Bradley, you dodged my question earlier about <laughs> having devotionals with every song kind of like if, if anyone's familiar with the worship initiative they have a little devotional kind of ting up how to think about this particular song yeah right and that's one thing that we want to do is not just throw out the song and okay do whatever you want with it no it actually means something uh right. contrary to what postmodern culture will tell you uh what what the lyrics that we write actually have an objective meaning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't do with them whatever you want. If you're a Mormon singing our songs, you should repent, yeah. stop being a Mormon, <laughs> yeah. become a Trinitarian yeah. Christian, and then start singing the songs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Bradley, now do you want to actually talk, yeah, about, sorry. <laughs> talk yeah. about doing the devotionals? I blame it on the SM58. Yes. Blame everything on you the just SM58. Feel the, when you hold it, man. It's, 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 it's yeah. It just sends a different it's energy. <laughs> um, well, one of the things that we've talked about a lot here at Res, you know, even before Stephen came and now uh, even more so after he's on staff now, is that we want people, when they sing, to be able to think biblically about what they're singing. Um, the 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 lyrics of worship's music should not be detached in any way from the truth of of scripture. So, for example, Psalm one thirty, um, I wrote a little devotional um, that just really sort of helps us think through the pictures that are in that psalm because mm-hmm. those are those that there's really a series of about four pictures in Psalm 130. There's yep. the picture of the depths, right? The guy's not crying from the surface of the water um and, and certainly not from the shore. He's crying from the depths. Mm. And who's going to hear me when I'm on the bottom of the ocean? Well, Yahweh can. Yeah. Tune yeah. your ears, Yahweh, right? So there's the first picture. The second one is the uh What's it's not the watchman yet. There's one before if the watchman. If you were to count sins, right? So yeah. we go from the depths to the courtroom. Yeah. So if the judge marks my sin, if he counts them, I'm doomed. Yeah. Right. But instead of condemnation, what we find is what he characterizes as abundant forgiveness. Yeah. Um, meaning that it's it's not lacking in any way, and we should fear him. Because yeah. he would be perfectly right in yeah. condemning us, but instead we find mercy. And then the watchman, which to me is probably my favorite one in Psalm 30, mm-hmm. 
because you you can almost picture them standing on the wall through the night squinting as hard as they can to try and see any danger that might be lurking in the darkness but as yeah. the sun comes up over the horizon and the light dispels the darkness they breathe a sigh of relief and rejoice because the city's been safe for another night and this is like the dawning of our salvation right yeah uh and then the last one is is the redemption picture where the slave is redeemed mm -hmm. and and not just freed but free indeed is the picture there yeah, uh, plentiful redemption plentiful redemption <laughs> slaves become sons yeah. right and so when you sing these words you want to think right about these pictures yeah. and you want to you want you want to help people um understand what because it you know let's let's be honest sometimes poetic language gets interpreted the wrong way we get the mm -hmm. wrong pictures in our minds and um we want we want to help people think rightly about the pictures that songs and psalms paint mm -hmm. so that we feel rightly because i yeah. think that's one of the great gifts of the psalms is that the psalms help us feel our feelings are not ends unto themselves and they're not to be left unchaperoned right the right bible chaperones our emotions and helps us feel and think rightly and so i think that's where devotionals can be a good supplement to songs yeah. that are being written yeah. how are we thinking about this song mm. Yeah, biblically speaking, and it, and it's something where you know we would encourage local churches who pick up this rendition of Psalm one thirty, uh, you know, read the devotional together mm -hmm. as a as a as a band or worship team or whatever you want to call it, and and think all together how are we going to play this song? How should that inform even our stage presence? Mm -hmm. All that kind of stuff, right? Um, anything else on Theologically Rich before we move on to Musically Interesting? Because that's been pretty much the first 40 minutes of this, which I'm not <laughs> complaining about. It's the most important, honestly. <laughs> I don't have anything else. All right. Uh, well, Musically Interesting, well, we're going to provide guitar tabs, uh, tutorials, uh, like tutorial videos, at least for electric and bass, uh, multi-tracks, BPM information, all that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, chord sheets and stuff. Um, but, you know, the the thing that we have to, there's a balance, I think. We're not going to become a prog band with eight string guitars playing in 11-8. <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> we're, not, we're not out to do that. Yeah. That's more for the next section. But at the same time, what we're not going to do is just uh, G, C, and D over and over again. Yeah. Right? Is we're, we're going to go about our song structures in a way that catches your attention. Yeah. And, and even with Psalm 130, you only have the chorus twice. Yeah. And there's there's not the traditional verse chorus verse chorus. Yeah, it's a couple of verses that goes into the chorus into a bridge, and then you get the hook one more time. Yeah, it's not just the formulaic. All right, I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, which with you know again broad brushing, but a lot of worship music, you can pretty much predict what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. All right, this is the vamp. The drummer's going to be on a tom and snare and a kick. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. And then we erupt into the last chorus. You know, nothing wrong with that inherently. Uh, but our goal is to, you know, stretch stretch our abilities beyond that mm -hmm. even. Um, any any thoughts from you fellers on yeah, that? Yeah, I, I mean, I always want to present. I want it to reflect the lyrics of, especially in the Psalms, um, because I, I want the way that it sounds to reflect the the psalmist like his position like how where he's coming from like you know on like for example the you know it's we're doing it in b flat so the two is c minor so on that if you O lord should mark iniquities I go to the two right there which is not super common in in worship but it's a it's that it that statement is that it's a little bit perplexing like that's it's not like mm -hmm. it's a question if you or you know if you marked iniquities who could stand and so i i like the the minor 
playing the two right there because it feels that way. It reflects that. And then there's just, I mean, I think I made my point with that. It just, I want to think about and, and for people with how the song flows to, to not just, you know, I want them to sing the song, but to feel that as well, to make them think deeper about the song because of the music, like the, the most important thing is the word. And, you know, this song is that it's scripture, but then we want the music to support that and to drive us to think about it, not to distract them from it, but to think deeper about it and in the way yeah. that they sing it. So, yeah. You got anything on this part, Bradley? I mean, I, I would just agree w- with what he said. I think, I think the music ha- has to, I don't know. I, I from from a church standpoint, I'm not going to be dogmatic about this, but I think it's best to consider first what it is that we is is being communicated in this song and let the music right. fall in behind that. I think mm-hmm. it's got to supplement the the feel of what the truth is that we're singing about. And if it does that, I think as opposed to I guess, oh, here's a cool Mhm. I'm not saying that songs couldn't be written that way because that's why I say I don't want to be dogmatic. But here's a cool riff. Here's a cool progression. Right. We're and, we're not going to put a certain effect in there just so I can plug one of my pedals. Right. <laughs> but, you know, like it. Let's say you do get a, a cool riff or progression, and and you're like, that this feels this way, and then maybe you find a song. Yeah, or a passage yep. of yeah, scripture yeah. that you go look that the, these feels match up. Let's put that together. Yep. I, I, I think that should be the goal. I'm, I'm working on one of those right now where uh, I've had this <laughs> I've had this chord progression stuck in my head. I finally lay it out. Turns out it's from a Blink-182 song. So the working title right now has just been Blink-180 Worship. <laughs> <laughs> so so that'll be a big, fast, fun one, yeah. assuming it makes it through the Psalm 82. Yeah, may, if we get through the filtration process and all that. <laughs> but uh, but it's that's not going to be Psalm 130. You know, right. it, it's not going to be Psalm 11 like we talked about, mm-hmm. where it's super heavy. Mm-hmm. That one should probably be in a minor key, right? <laughs> you know? yeah. But yeah, good stuff. Uh, well, let's go on to uh, congregationally singable. I think this might be, you know, we we talk about you know a lot of fluff. I think this one is actually the one that's missed the most by most worship bands is they write it for their their professional singers. Uh, to hit their belt range as much as possible, yeah. you know, they don't think about uh, the average guy uh, who's kind of a, a, I guess he's a baritone. He doesn't know what he is, you know. Mm-hmm. He's in his forties. He works a factory job. Maybe he doesn't have a whole lot of musical uh, background, and you know, he just kind of has to mumble yeah. during songs in church, right? Yeah, when Carrie Job hits hits the the fever pitch he's checking out right and i'm not i'm not knocking carrie joe but it's it's stuff gets privileged something's going to get privileged when you write songs and sing songs yes and and what are you privileging are you privileging this you know awe-inspiring performance which i'm not saying there's not a place for that right? right absolutely uh but you have to be careful because you know if you listen to the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast, what you what you come to realize is that the tail starts wagging the dog a little bit when you, Mark Driscoll, and I'm sure many others realized if I do these things, my podcast listens, my views yep. on YouTube go way, way, way up, and so suddenly you're not privileging your local congregation anymore. You're privileging. Uh, a media driven audience. Right. And so if we're privileging, you know, being in awe of someone like Carrie Job's vocal abilities, or are we privileging and someone on our team that can maybe get close to that? Yeah. Or are we privileging, you know, the people in our congregation being able to sing together? Yeah. Particularly since vocal capos haven't been invented yet. Not yet. That's right. I mean, we have vice grips for other regions, but we won't go there. (laughs) (laughs) That's what skinny jeans were for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) 
That's true. I'm so glad that you picked up on that because Bradley was over there just not knowing what to do I was with like, what what of skinny jeans. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, like that that's the goal of worship music, right? Is for the congregation to sing. Mm-hmm. I think this is something the Gettys do really well. Mm-hmm. Is they don't get up super up in the rafters. There's a place for that, but if you want your congregation to be able to sing along, you know, whether you're talking about a 10-year-old or an 80-year-old, yeah. there's going to be a, a happy medium range. Yeah. And Stephen, you've we've had a conversation about how uh, when you first started worship leading, you were trying to hit every single original key. <laughs> right. You almost take it as a challenge as a worship leader. Like, yeah. that's the standard. That's right. how I hurt my voice. And it's like, it's just I'm realizing that that's not the that's not the goal. That's not why I'm doing this. I, I mean, I realized yeah. super quick. I When I first started leading worship, I mean, there was not a single person that complimented my voice, this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. And I would question that some and then just, but that formed this mindset of it doesn't matter to me what like the main goal is worship and right. so if if god is honored and he is we worship in the splendor of his holiness then hey i don't care i don't care how low i mean it doesn't maybe matter. not mongolian throat singing yeah, level but. maybe not um <laughs> I mean, don't threaten me with a good time <laughs> a few a few years ago i went to a crowder concert and uh you know, regardless what you think about Crowder, um, I mean, he came out with his band and they just rocked it. And it was kind of a youth, you know, conference. And there was a few thousand teenagers there were just going nuts. I mean, and and they're, I mean, they're doing some crazy good stuff musically. Uh, but then he, at one point in the show, he just, he got out a condenser mic and his band came off their instruments. One of them grabbed a mandolin, one of violin and crowder had his guitar and they got they all got around that mic Mm. and did a just a medley of congregationally friendly the keys came down Mm -hmm. and we all just sang together and crowder talked about the importance of that that we get to sing together in his own quirky way he talked about it and i was i i appreciated that so much Mm -hmm. you know just I loved what he did before and after that. Right. And I was impressed with it. But that part, he made room in his set for us to sing together and worship. And I just, I think that's what we're getting at with this. Yeah. Is that it's, it's some something might, it might have to come down a step or two. It might have to not be as impressive musically as it maybe could be as showing off one person or more's talent. But it's still the church is going to get to sing together, and that should be our highest priority. Oh yeah, yep, no doubt. I don't, I don't know that I could add anything to that Mm-mm. at this point. That's right. Well, I guess I'll give you the uh, where you can find this uh, the the plan. I've bought the URL for WestminsterWorship.com. I don't know exactly if that's going to be a standalone website or if it's going to have just a subdomain on my website and that'll automatically forward all that kind of stuff. But uh, WestminsterWorship.com, at least in the long run, uh, we're going to be putting up lyric videos and stuff just on the Westminster Effects YouTube just to keep all that streamlined because the messaging is the same anyway. And I already have 500 subscribers on YouTube. So I might as well just throw it there. Um, So I guess right here, we'll just put, we'll just leave you with our rendition of Psalm 130. That'll be mixed tonight. (laughs) Thanks a lot. We'll see you next week. Out of the depths I cry to you Oh Lord, oh Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy.
And in his word